Hey, we want to say thank you to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Blue Collar Cycle Shop, and Hook, Line, and Heroes. Without you, this episode would not be possible. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, while you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from our blue-collar bunkers right here in beautiful Charlotte area, North Carolina. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the starting lineup. We have Now You See Him, Now You Don't, Magic Man. Hey, everyone. We have our wonderful, illustrious producer, Brian. Hey, guys. I, of course, be your host, Biggin. And we have our special guest, Padre Justin. How's it going? And, of course, from across the way is the Pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue One, 2016's Honorable Mention Motorcycle Salesman of the Year, the inventor of the Redneck Egg Roll. Give it up on old mic number, whatever, Ocho. It's Mojo! How about you, buddy? Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not actually listening to a podcast. We've actually just scammed you into, uh, we've actually been trying to reach you for your extended warranty. And uh, if you'd like to proceed and renew, you need to press one. Anyway, appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for our latest episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. You can find us. On the YouTubes now, YouTube forward slash SFP Radio. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Southern Fry Philosophy. Um, you can also find us on the Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. Wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, go hit subscribe, give us a like, a review, uh, rating us how we uh, move up in the old podcast algorithm. Also, if you're on YouTube, you can share this episode uh, live right now or as it records, however that magic works. I'm not exactly sure about technology. Um, also, southernfryphilosophy.com, you can find our playable links. We have some show notes in those play in those links uh, for episodes. That way you can uh, fact check us, which we're pretty horrible at. Um, but, yeah, it's all there. But yeah, We appreciate all our new listeners and special ones out there bunkered down, hunkered down, trying to stay away from the Rona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if, uh, if you'd like to subscribe and get two extra episodes, uh, for from the SFP Insiders, check out our Patreon link at uh, patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. If you give us a dollar, two dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever you want to give, that would be great. Uh, for this month, uh, we have also um, not taken any collections from from that. We have not taken any deductions. So um, this is a perfect time to join. Just join now, get the two extra episodes, and then you can just cancel it. So that's the great thing about Patreon. You can cancel it whenever you want to. So once you hear it, cancel it, and then you're done. But uh, no, check us out. If you want to support us, that would be fantastic. Um, Also, just want to say, if you think you can do a better job at a podcast, which you probably can, uh, um, connect with our producer, Brian, at headlines at sfpradio.com, and he might be able to help at least point you in the right direction, edit it, make you sound like a beautiful stallion that you are. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys, like I ask you every week, how you be doing? 
Magic Man, go for it. How you be doing? Oh, we finally got the we finally got the thing off of there. The palm yeah, trees. That's right. Finally, uh, finally figured that out. Hey, I'm welcome back. Yeah, that's right. Back from uh, <laughs> fake vacation. I wish I was uh, still there. No, good. Uh, doing pretty good. You know, working full time. Grateful that I uh, have a job and uh, am able to do it from home. Uh, we had new windows put in our house yes, or the day, other day, which was a rather interesting experience uh, to be here while uh, windows were literally broken out of the house and uh, a bunch of construction noise, holes in the walls where the windows were supposed to be, and then all of a sudden, boom, beautiful new windows. Wow. So, Who'd you get them from? Uh, custom, let's see, Home Fix Custom Remodeling, I think it's who, HCR. Hmm. Yeah. They, they do a good job? They did a good job. They did a good The only problem is, oh, and this boy. is, this, this is, this Nothing bad on them. Uh, when they were installing the bottom sash in the kitchen window, they accidentally dropped the sash and broke the window out. So um, they put some uh, metal panels in place and uh, are having a new one um, manufactured and we'll have it back to our uh, house here probably about a week and a half, they said. And they'll, they'll come in and install it. But they, uh, the warranty is awesome. It's a 50-year warranty, transferable. Um and it, it covers everything. So if we, if I was to you can transfer my, it to your next house. Is that how that works? I, I wish, but I can transfer it to oh. the next owner if we move out before then. Uh, oh. <laughs> so but, what's the pollen count inside your house now? After you had the windows out, <laughs> they got flex seal. They got flex seal around the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I, I I don't know about the pollen count, but I'll tell you the bug count was pretty high uh, the other day. <laughs> but I think uh, between the cats and the dogs we have in the house, that, that's pretty much been taken care of. Fortunately. Oh, man. So let me get this right. If if somebody wants to break into your house, they just go to your kitchen window and then they can just climb in the back. Is that what's going on? Nope. They've oh. uh, they've got they put the sash in. They just have metal place of the window, so it's actually even better. No oh, problem. Wow. It's opaque, so there's no light coming out. <laughs> oh, in theory, in theory, where if someone was to go to said house, where would that toilet paper be hiding? Yeah. What room do you keep the toilet paper in? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I uh, hate to disappoint everybody, but we didn't really uh, do any hoarding here. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're, we got our eyes out for uh, toilet paper. And, Vegan, uh, I know you've uh, been kind to uh, notify us when you've seen some are out and about. I just need to be able to get out and get some. I've tried. I've, I, I've been to the Harris Teeter, been to the Publix, and I've texted you and said, does anybody need toilet paper? I don't get a response, and then I leave. So I'll be glad to pick it up if I see it again. The big and you're the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, producer Brian, how you been doing? Well, I uh, I've had a song stuck in my head oh, no. for over a week now, and it's it's kind of driving me crazy. Um, I, I can't; it just won't go away. And I don't know what to do about it. Like constantly, I can't, it, it just won't stop. It, that won't stop in my head. Like, I'll just be sitting at my desk and like, oh, that song is still there. All right. So here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you some professional advice. Cause I read this, I think on Esquire, um, a, a scientist have decided that the night court theme song is the number one song to get another song out of your head. So if you just play that a few times, it should it should dissipate. Oh man! If only I had the night court. Have you guys seen the Instagram account Church of Laughs? 
yeah. For, by the way, Justin sent that to that, me originally. Is that where? <laughs> have you? <laughs> yes. This that's Instagram where that came account from. is pure gold. Pure gold. <laughs> I will lay in bed often, and I am laughing, just weeping, and say to my wife, like, you've got to watch this. And we were an hour in just watching these videos. And uh, that's where I found that 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 great song. It was. Yeah. I mean, they're dead serious. Like this, these aren't a joke. It's it's a church that came up with that song. Yeah, it's good. I mean, there's there's multiple of them, right? I mean, we we played one song, another song last week, but there's hundreds of songs. Really, they're insane. Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. Especially like uh, guys like Kenneth yeah. Copeland and trying oh, to blow the Rona away. Well, I blow <laughs> the wind of God, the wind wind of God. God. On, you. on you. You are destroyed forever. I've got you that on gave, uh, ready to roll. You guys gave around. away the big moment for church on Sunday. Oh, oh yeah. dang it. <laughs> <laughs> this won't come out till Monday, so you're okay. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's right. <laughs> Unless anybody's watching the live stream and, it, and it's <laughs> let's, yeah, let's check. It's fine. Mm. Uh, Justin, how you been doing? Two and one of them's me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? I'm 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 doing all right. Doing all right. Healthy. Uh, we live in crazy, weird times, uh, but my I, I can't. I don't have much to complain about. Whenever I get down, whenever I get frustrated, I go to church and laughs. That's my that's my medicine of choice. So, no man, I'm good. Yeah, our family's good. Church is good. It's weird, but you know, it's a new life. So, and there's new construction that's happening. Yeah, there too, is, and right? I got a the fancy new hat. That? Did you see my new hat? Look at that, man! Best that best good. motorcycle shop in town. I'm telling you, you need a new motorcycle. You go see the guys up there in Salisbury. Hey, how, how much am I paying you Absolutely for this? Absolutely nothing. Just, just hats. Just hats. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> just an hat. Mojo, how you been running? I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm a straight up lying, a straight up lie. I'm exhausted. But I'm grateful because, uh, um, not not to sound like I'm humble bragging, but man, uh, I'm in business for myself and the law of economics, I should not be doing any business right now. Right? So yeah. uh, just with, you know, what's going on and uncertainty, but uh, man, we've been, we've been covered up. So this today was my fourth, 15, 16th hour day in a row. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I think my hourly wage is about two thirteen an hour. So I'm hoping, uh, yeah. That's what I feel like. I feel like an average server making two thirteen with no tips right now. But, but you know, that's just how life goes. All of us are healthy. Um, we're cohabitating our family together without murder. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's a bonus. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, man, I I don't know. I have nothing to complain about. I'm just I just I'm looking forward to uh, my personal belief that we should open the economy back up. I'm looking forward to that because I know a lot of people out there are struggling right mm-hmm. now. And, um, yeah, so hopefully we can be a source of encouragement there. And, uh, while they're sitting there waiting for the time to come back. So how you been doing? Uh, I'm good. It, um, we, we had hot pocket go to my uncle-in-law's 
this past week. And, uh, oh. Um, so he, uh, sorry, I had a little issue there. I thought we weren't recording. Uh, so he went to my uncle-in-law's. He left Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we're going up um, tomorrow, Friday. Guys, I had this idea that, you know, as the eight-year-old leaves and then it's just us and and small batch that we were going to have this crazy romantic time that even though like we had to work we could still you know get some some snuggles in some hello time whatnot um guys that is the farthest thing from the truth <laughs> we uh we get done with at, at small batch at 10:30 and we just collapse like work is killing us we're covered up at work we just are exhausted and we're just like we'll get to it tomorrow and then we get to it tomorrow. And then tonight we actually, we were down in, in Harrisburg. We went and grabbed some dinner. And then we ate it at the Harrisburg Library as a nice, wonderful little date night. We we went to the back. They have these um, uh, nice uh, rocking chairs. So we're just sitting there, quiet. Uh, and that was our date night. We went to the closed library and ate our dinner at uh, on some rocking chairs at the library. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it could be a Bachelor episode because it's so romantic. Sounds illegal, but to me, is it yeah, legal? Well, that's what I was about <laughs> to say. Six weeks ago, that would have been considered loitering in a parking lot waiting for a drug deal. Now it's considered romance night. Well, there was a car that kept circling, and Jessica's like, I don't think that they're here for the library. Um, so I think they were <laughs> scoping it out for, <laughs> for a drug deal. When are they going to leave so we can eat our dinner? That's what they were <laughs> That's thinking. That's probably what they were thinking, right? <laughs> um, but I did come to the su- surprise yesterday, I think it was, when I opened up the old USAA account, and bam, there's a stimulus check. So appreciate that. Way to go, government. Yes, sir. Thank you all for your contributions. You, I got mine yesterday morning. <laughs> I didn't do a dang thing for it. <laughs> I, I didn't even have to work for everybody it. else. Well, you actually you have you paid taxes. There's that. Yeah, I just hit my <laughs> Justin back, said no, so. I don't. As a matter of fact, well, okay, maybe you're exempt. But I actually, actually, maybe actually, I like the. I maybe we should maybe we should start myself as a claim myself as a religious organization. Or if I can do that, welcome to the Church of Southern Fried Philosophy. We appreciate you joining today. We'd like to give your tithe. Please do so at Patreon. Oh, man. I I had a Um, moment, though, that this is what it feels like to do nothing and get paid. It was like, oh. See, that's what's scary. That's There's a slippery slope there, my friend. Uh, Jess and I, we we were in a car accident a a while ago, 11 years ago, actually, because this popped up on uh, Facebook the other day. And for a whole month, like, we were off. We got paid for it. I was like, this is fantastic. I understand why people do this for their whole life. It's great. So, yeah, that was, it's a slippery slope, my friend. Enjoy it while it lasts. Well, uh, so I did also want to point out one thing, and I sent this in the Slack, um, Slack app to all of you. And I got a little bit of, um, I won't want to say beef, but you guys were kind of poking fun or being very quiet about when I made meatloaf this week. I finally, you know, broke in. I was like, we've talked about meatloaf this whole time. I'm going to make the meatloaf. I got all my ingredients there, took a picture, said, hey, I'm starting the meatloaf. Um, I 
took a few pictures while I was was going through the process. I think even Brian, you said, is it done yet? Or no, I think that was Brian. No. Magic Man said, is that done? I was like, no, I haven't even put it in the oven yet. (laughs) You guys are poking fun of my meatloaf. It was delicious, by the way. Was it Uncle Leon's recipe? It was not Uncle Leon's recipe. In fact, he asked, um, he wanted to know Justin on Ask a Pastor, have you ever made meatloaf? I have not. And if you do... Uh, how do you like it? And this uh, this part is brought to you by Watchman Cigars. Um, I do anything for love, but I won't do Sorry, uh, thanks for that. We will now get yeah. sued, and Apple will not carry our podcast. Appreciate that. Uh, so this segment brought to you by uh, Watchman Cigars. How do you make meatloaf, Justin? Uh, my wife makes meatloaf, and um, okay, I think she's actually watching on YouTube right now. Oh, and, uh, okay. but, uh, I have, I have, she puts this like barbecue sauce base, uh, sauce on top. I'm not a fan because mm-hmm. my mom growing up, she made meatloaf and she put that ketchup based on top of that meatloaf and I loved it. And, uh, it was, Boom. it was a point of tension in our marriage. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to make it like my mama made it. And, uh, so mm-hmm. it took me, I don't know, uh, 15 years, I think, uh, to convince her to put a different topping on it and this last time just a couple weeks ago she made that meatloaf and i i was on the way home from from work called her and she said she was making meatloaf i said fingers crossed what what kind of topping you putting on it and she said i put the ketchup on it and i'm gonna tell you it was it was glorious it made a world of a difference so there it is. You got a wife. You got a wife full of grace there, because my wife would have told me to make it my damn self. <laughs> well, now we got kicked off of YouTube for saying curses. I'm just kidding. Well, fortunately, I chose the. It's not the made for children, so you know. <laughs> but uh, we're on YouTube, kids. <laughs> I wasn't poking kids. fun. Biggin, I wasn't making fun of your meatloaf. I was just curious about the ingredients. Sure. You know, that's I'm, that's what my. I understand, thing is, and it's it's a weird combination. I understand. There's eggs. There's there's sure. club crackers because I was just out of the uh, the saltines, so I had to use club crackers. You know, okay. Mustard. What's the honeydew? Is that in the ketchup or something? Is that mixed with I, ketchup? Now let's be clear. It's not actual honeydew. It's not the fruit. No um, honey. No. What does the honey honeydew space right. do? So kind of like what Justin was saying, <laughs> it's the glaze on top. So I'll okay. get the you know the the hamburger or the the meatloaf. And I'll poke my holes all through the meatloaf. And then glaze it with and honey? And I'll pour honey and then the ketchup. What? Is this oh like diabetes? Gosh, yes. Incredible. I've got some over here if you want to come get it. I can't. Social distancing. Interesting. I, uh, I'll put it out in the Listen, front. I just want to make sure porch, that I yeah. say that I eat whatever mm. my wife makes. Like, she's, I, you, she's she? not. I'm just saying. Like, I don't complain. I, I probably make dinner a couple sure. times a month and that's usually on the grill and, uh, but mm-hmm. I eat whatever, you know, and, uh, I just usually won't have seconds or leftovers if like with the meatloaf, with the barbecue sauce, you know, just mm-hmm. not my, my jam. But this time I not only ate it for dinner, but then the next day I also had it for lunch cause it was so good. I, I will tell sure. I want to ask you, do you guys, whenever you make hamburgers, like you get the, you know, you get the hamburger and you do your own patties. Do you guys put um, eggs and uh, breadcrumbs and Worcestershire? I don't know how to say that word. That's that's a meatball. But I put it all in and make my hamburger. I've done it twice in the last couple of weeks. 
Dude, it's delicious, man. And it keeps That's the burger be together. Dense, though. It keeps it together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fall apart on the grill. So it's kind of like meatloaf, so, right? Well, uh, let me get this straight. Leon makes his meatloaf like hamburgers, and you make your hamburgers That's like meatloaf. That's what I was thinking. So maybe I do make oh, meatloaf gosh. in patties, right? And cook them on and a grill. And cook them on a grill. Mm-hmm. No, you're out. I got. I, I'm going to have to teach you the proper <laughs> burger patty technique with no breadcrumbs or milk or cereal nope. crumb, whatever you use. Yeah, that's not. That's I not made right. hamburgers yesterday for lunch because I have like 40 pounds of hamburger meat right now. <laughs> and it's meat. I put like garlic powder, onion powder, salt and pepper. And I made a ball and I pressed it on the griddle on the grill. No, on the outside of my grill, I have a griddle that goes in the air. That's it. No falling apart. Did you? My go-to is a couple tablespoons of Dijon mustard, Ooh. grape poupon, mm. a splash of Worcestershire sauce, some dehydrated onions, Ooh. salt, pepper. There you go. Pat it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. I'd eat that. I will say, have next time your wife makes meatloaf and does the ketchup mm-hmm. on top, put some, some honey mm-hmm. on there. Now you're on to something, All right. That's good. So anyway, um, my we actually we need. I think we need to hook you and Le- Leon up so y'all maybe can collaborate on a recipe <laughs> and sure. uh, <laughs> figure out figure out figure what the world's happening, what's going on. I mean, you gotta think. Six weeks ago, we had a booming economy. Everybody's working. Mm-hmm. Now we got people making meatloaf <laughs> on the grill and baking hamburgers. I don't. I don't, I don't, the I don't world get has it. gone to hell <laughs> in a hand in a in a hamburger bun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I did uh, mention a couple weeks ago that I have hooked up on the Robinhood app thanks to Mojo because I was bored and I wanted to do some investing. So I just wanted to get some money and I threw it at it. I'm doing so well now. I decided we're going to do a segment called uh, Big in Stock Tip of the Week. So so I'm going to give you my stock tip that I have invested in and tell you how well I've done. Uh, So in I mean, this is big balling. It's big spender right here. Uh, guys, I've bought two shares of Peloton, you know, the, the little uh, bicycle thing, you know, that makes, makes you work out and stuff. I figure people are at home that they are, you know, needing to work out and do fun things like that. So um, I bought it. Um, uh, what does it? I thought it said, what I, oh, sorry. I bought two shares. At $27.81 a piece. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, they are at $34.10. I'm just saying, big balling, making it rain. That's all I do. So, Peloton, I appreciate you. Uh, that's that's big in stock tip of the week. When is yours coming in the mail now? They sending you a Peloton? Um, God, no. They know better. <laughs> Talk about the Peloton for a second. That is a unique business model they've all i guess a couple other companies have come out with mm-hmm. it now but you're basically paying 2300 bucks for the bike and then 40 bucks a month for membership mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy well of course you don't you know you don't get hit by cars either so i guess maybe that's safe that's one that has like video built into it so you can see yeah um yeah it's, it's got the video built into it and they they yell at you and make you feel sad and, and bad about yourself can you plug an Xbox into that? Oh, that'd be a good idea. What if you Fortnited while you're pelotoning? Yeah, sure. Hmm. That might hurt the bike. I don't think the warranty's up for that. 
Uh, anyway, so that's big and stock tip of the week. Um, one thing also I wanted to talk about, have you guys seen John Krasinski's oh, yeah. SGN? It's uh, only, it's something good news, so good news. And he started like a, like a CNN type news show on YouTube um, called SGN, so good news. And it's only about good news. Have you mm-hmm. got, you got, Justin, you've seen it? It's it's very some, good. It's very well done. Some good news. Some, some good, good news. Yep. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Well, it should be so good news if I was going. <laughs> um, but very creative. The first episode, he had a uh, connect with uh, Steve mm-hmm. Carell, and they talked about The Office, um, and some of their favorite memories and whatnot of that. And then on last week's episode, they had a, a little girl that missed going to Hamilton, and then they had the whole cast of Hamilton sing a song. Wow. To her, which I thought that was really cool. Uh, I haven't seen this week. Have you, anybody else seen it? I clicked on the link in the show notes and watched about thirty seconds. Oh, and then you were out. He's he's really he's yeah. really funny. What what got me is he doesn't sound like Jim from The Office. Okay, like That's he's got this Boston like real heavy Boston accent coming out. Mm. That just totally threw me off. I couldn't handle it. You were out then. He's the sa- he's the same guy that. Plays Jack Ryan yeah. on Prime, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a, I like that show. Right. That's a, a good one. one. Yeah. So if you guys are, you know, need some, some good news, uh, check it out. I, the, the, the link to his YouTube channel is on our show notes. All right. So let's go into some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. I just talked to Eric last, uh, this last week. He is still kicking out some barbecue using his new, uh, smoke pit master thingy. I have no idea what it is, but uh, he did say he's going to put it on Facebook whenever he's open. You can go by if you're in the Concord area, Harrisburg area, Mint Hill area, go by and see our friend uh, Eric at 1812 Barbecue. Um, guys, being at home, um, I have been saying some statements that I thought that I would never say at all. Um, things that my dad would say. And I said, I'm never going to say things like that. Dad, that's so stupid. Why do you say things like that? And now with the eight-year-old home, I've been saying these things a whole lot more. Do you guys experience dad Mm -hmm. quotes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I did a list of five things that that I've been saying, and you guys, please feel free to to join in with yours as well. Um, The top number five for me is you are using way too much ketchup. <laughs> Do you guys deal with those too? Like I don't, Mojo. I could tell tell you you're using way too much Chick Fil A sauce. <laughs> so whatever it is. Do you guys say that? I I just go through the Chick Fil A drive through so I can replenish our butt white paper. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. The courtesy napkins. Yeah, yeah, I've given up the ketchup fight. Uh, like I don't put ketchup on anything. Mm. Hardly, very I almost nothing. It. Except meatloaf. Uh, Except meatloaf. The, the occasional meatloaf. It just depends on if it's if it needs it or not. I don't even put it as a sauce, but we can that later. But my kid, like, my wife literally asked for the largest bottle they could find at Harris Teeter the other day. Like, we had to add it onto our pickup order. She just find the biggest one in the store and sell us that. Because every meal, that's the only way you can, you know, make kids eat anything in my house, Ooh. apparently. Gotcha. At least okay. my daughter. So it's for yeah. the kids. Well, my wife likes it too, but not like they do. Do you guys have any any old man sayings you want to 
bring up. Uh, I do. I hope your kids are just like you. <laughs> <laughs> I have my kids got me an entire calendar, three hundred and sixty-five dadisms, and uh, and we go through them about once a week. I'll grab a hold of it because we don't do it every day, and they're hilarious, man. Like the some of them I, I've never said, but some of them I totally say. Um, and I'm I'm drawing a blank right now. The things that I say to my kids, um, they could tell you. Uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank right now. I think uh, I'm 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 pretty sure I'm I'm going to follow in the footsteps of like my grandfather because I can find myself seeing things saying things that he did. I'm going to be that old curmudgeon guy going to the counter, just sitting there taking up people's time and arguing with everybody. <laughs> um, but he, he, he used to, you know, yell at us for air conditioning or heating the outside mm-hmm. when we keep the door open too long. So I, I find myself <laughs> constantly saying that to my oldest because she thinks she can walk the dog by standing with a leash <laughs> at the door and letting the dog walk out with the door open. So I just find myself saying yeah. that. One, one thing my I'm kids done. think my, some of my kids' friends get, uh, they get, uh, they get paid to do chores around the house. And uh, one of the things my dad always said growing up was, you do get paid. You've got a roof over your head and food on the table. And so uh, mm-hmm. I say that weekly to my children. Like, yeah, your payment is you've got a roof over your head and food on the mm-hmm. table. So anytime you want to go out and live in the backyard and go hunt down a rabbit, just go right ahead. So peacocks, peacocks. Right? yes, we've got lots of peacocks <laughs> yeah. around our house. So You know, they eat those things in some places in the world. They eat everything yeah, somewhere. I thought you meant the kids. Probably. That would that's be, gonna be the next. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be the next Crone oh, outbreak. It's going to be a peacock in a wet market. <laughs> 20. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a couple of those sayings. I, I found myself saying things to my kids all the time. Okay. And I, some of these are old man. And some of these just things you never thought you'd say as an adult. Sure. Um, I, I say I'm not going to tell you again mm-hmm. a lot, you know. Mm. Uh, I said uh, this seems to be happening. Stop blowing bubbles in the bathwater. <laughs> that's gross, right? That's gross. Right. Right. This you know what's the in there? Yep. Uh, and did, did you taste it first? You know, because ketchup. Mm-hmm. You might not need ketchup. Sure. Maybe it's, I make food that doesn't need ketchup. Do your kids are you put putting ketchup, ketchup on, on steak? They have. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, I was really proud when my daughter first started eating solids. I made like a ribeye. Or a New York strip or something, and she was eating that with horseradish sauce mm. at like two. Okay, and now it's chicken nuggets and ketchup, mm. like all the time. Yeah. And that that was that was a downgrade, right? Yes, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, sure. Downgrade. How many of you uh, say I, to your kids because I told you so? Oh, that's my next one on the list. Mm. Is it really? Yeah. Be- yes. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say <laughs> like that. Yeah, absolutely. I I say that. I bet I say it fifteen times a day. And I swore yeah. I would never say it. Like, I'm going to have conversations with my children. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to talk through the why. But, but why, Dad? Uh, my, my version of that is, what did I say? What did I, <laughs> what did I say? I, I, that, that comes out of my mouth so many times. What did I say? <laughs> nice. And the, yeah. And there's a lot of counting, in that, you know, mm-hmm. just as an apparent, I think. Yeah. And there's never any predetermined what happens at the end of the countdown. No one knows what happens. I don't know what happens when I get to one or 10 or whatever it is. Well, because you would never make it a 10. We'll pull it, go from eight to nine. You slow it down. Yeah, nine sure. and a quarter. 
<laughs> I've had to make something up on the fly before, but rarely. It's not premeditated. I'm going to count to three, and then you're getting kicked out of the house or something. Uh, it's always, you know. Yeah, at this point, like, like, I have to pull out the tape measure and be like, three and four sixty-fourths, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, where did that come from? Yeah, my kids yeah. are, I guess, to the age now that it's just, if you don't do what we say, you're going to wash every window downstairs. That's the new one. Like, mm-hmm. you are going to clean every window in the downstairs of our house. If you don't go back to bed and stop getting out of bed, you're going to wash every window in the downstairs. So, mommy and no, I are going to bed. You'll be washing windows. Good luck. <laughs> Have you had to enforce this yet? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. We, we've done it. They they wash every window in the downstairs, man. Yeah, See, they're genius. screaming and gnashing of teeth, but I'm in charge. That oh, all. Yeah. That's one. I tell them oh. constantly: this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. <laughs> a weekly like basis, it. I look at them and I say: this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. It's, it's Russian communism. <laughs> Actually, it's the, yeah, you're right. It's a microcosm of communism. I feed you, I pay you a house over your head, yep. and you do what I say. That you make this, I take yeah. it if I want it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Everything you have belongs to me. You have nothing. So, yep. <laughs> Go ahead. The one, the one that I um, have been doing with my dad a lot, because, you know, we're trying to talk more often, uh, is I guess we're playing phone tag. I go back and forth, like, mm-hmm. I'll leave a message or he'll call and I'll, you know, back and forth. So, and I sat down, I was like, you idiot. Why did you say that? So. I I, I remember um, our oldest, when she was a little kid, we'd, you know, try to get her to eat. And, uh, you know, the old classic saying, if uh, they're starving kids in China or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, if they'd be grateful for food. Well, she looked at us and she goes, cool. I was like, that's just horrible. Why would you say that? And she goes, well, it's cool that I have food. So mm-hmm. I, that immediately broke me of saying that because that, that, that automatic quick wit response. I was never that clever when I was her age. So, <laughs> Well, there's there's kids starving in China and now they're eating bats. And now we have to stay inside. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we got to stay inside. <laughs> I said this one also this month is uh, – uh, we get to stay here another month. I paid the mortgage. <laughs> that was, that was My wife just texted me and says, I brought you into this world. Mm, I'll take you out. That's a good one. Yeah. Anybody else? Ryan, you, you haven't chimed in. Do you have any old man sayings? Get off my lawn! No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't have any kids, so uh, I can't... Uh... But you, you're an old man. You're, you're still an old man. man. Hey, in, uh... Of everybody here, I am the oldest. I am your there elder. You there you go. <laughs> I, I do. I do uh, harshly judge my daughter's music, just like my parents 100%. judge my music. And yeah, so I, I, that's no specific mm-hmm. comment, but you know, I think it's something that's passed down generation. Gener- that is this generation. crap. Yeah, I'm not. When I don't. We, my kids aren't old enough for that yet. They just listen to what I I listen to. Um, my daughter does listen to Jojo, Jojo Siwa. Ugh. And I'm, listen, man, like it's good. It's positive. You know, I listen to it and I, and if it's not positive, she's not going to listen, you know? So I listened to it. I was like, you know what? I, I can, I can dance to this. So we, we've had a few dance parties to do some Jojo in the, in the Wallace household. So. 
thanks for joining, Justin. I appreciate you coming on tonight. <laughs> I think we need to probably introduce her to some Petra oh, or Carmen from the beyond 80s. Beyond belief. <laughs> Can we reenact the champion? That, that was always my favorite. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Me and my cousins always, all we did, we reenacted champion like every Christmas. Me and, and the youth group, we always fought on who would be Jesus. I never won that fight. We well, always had the Bible camp or the uh, summer retreat where you lean on me. You oh, had the yeah. skit would lean on me too. So yeah, we need maybe we need to teach her that instead of some JoJo. See, down one. with the DC talk. Oh, those things get played on our Google Home all the time as well. Don't worry, guys. Mm, yeah, we'll nice. we'll break into some nineties <laughs> Christian music. Yeah, I've introduced them to all those things. So. Dude, we we belted out um, that uh, Cademan's Call Forty Acres. Oh. Great album. I crushed that album. Great oh, album. Yeah. I remember when Cadence Call first came out. Yeah. That, that was good stuff. Great album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus Freak was still the best album of DC yes, Talk. 100%. Yeah, well, yeah. Free at Last. Free at Last was pretty yeah. epic. Jesus is All Right. But one of my one of my favorite of all time was uh, Richard Mul- Rich oh, Mullins. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. passed his last album. I cannot remember the name of that album now, but that was probably one of my favorite. Of all time, nothing to total polar opposite of DC yeah. talk, and, you know, whatever. Still good, but, there's uh, some classics yeah, out there, good. like for him, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I, I grew up they're listening lingering. to all that. I think we need to bring it all back. That was great stuff. Yeah. Um, the last one that I wrote down, and, and we can move on, is do you guys do this when you're, <laughs> you're driving down the road and you have to announce? Every time you see great gas prices, like, oh, yes. it's a dollar forty seven. Yeah. What? I haven't seen this since I was a junior in high school. Right. Uh, yeah, you have to tell where you were at in life when you saw it that yeah, low. Yeah. And my son my, has a, an appreciation for the gas prices now. So we'll be driving down the road and Marcus will say, Oh, dad, it's a dollar seventy two. And he he's gets, an old man. He gets really excited. And I'm like, oh dude, it is. <laughs> But you know what though? Uh, it, it, yeah, the prices are exciting, but it's not like uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. You're like, well, Nicole, I got to go across town because I saw gas <laughs> a nickel cheaper, you know, and burn twenty minutes and thirty thirty I've miles. I've never later, you know, been so. that guy. Like, I have hmm. never cared. Like, if I need gas, hmm. I just pull into the cleanest looking place and get gas. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. What I do. My dad, my dad has literally crossed state lines before for cheaper gas. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, well, when I lived yeah. in South Charlotte, I would do that. Yeah, go right across over to South Carolina. It was twenty cents cheaper or more. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you the other a couple of weeks ago, I I told my kids, um, it was like oh eight. Whenever the gas, we went out to California and gas was almost five dollars a gallon, mm-hmm. and you should have saw their face. Like mm-hmm. it was what. Especially now when it's a dollar seventy five, dollar eighty, you know, whatever, five dollars a gallon, you know. So in our lifetime, we've seen it under a dollar when I was in high school, and that, yep. and we've seen it in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, almost five dollars a gallon. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a huge, huge swing. Speaking of old men, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I, I had a cousin from California come out here. This is back I don't know ninety eight or so. So the gas prices out here were still fairly low. They were paying for three or four dollars a gallon out in california and we stopped at one of those gas stations in south carolina heading down to florida and uh she, she took pictures of the gas line 
just so she could prove to her friends that the gas prices are so high where she lives and, and they were so low out here. Mm. It's probably 85 cents in South Carolina. Yeah. In <laughs> but at that time, it probably was, yeah. It was. It was under a dollar, 98. That was my senior year. Mm-hmm. Yep, I bought it today, just FYI, at the Harris Teeter in Harrisburg, dollar forty-five. Shut up. I use my oh. Harris Teeter like little yeah, yeah, little yeah. thing. Dollar forty-five. Dang, that's amazing. I drive a diesel, so I'm always. <laughs> Remember when they did the hybrid? Or did they still do the hybrid gas, like the corn gas? Ethanol. Yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. seen any E85 uh, around here because my car will take it, but I haven't seen any in Charlotte. Yeah. Quick Trip's got it. Where? Usually, I've seen I've seen it at Quick Trip, but maybe not here in maybe South Carolina. There's one up. I've seen it before. Up from your house on uh, 49, up by up by the uh, convention center. That's the one place you can get E4, E8, E85 because that's what we get for like the lawn mowers and all that. That's what we get. Okay, I'm gonna try that out. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, Indonesia's having a little bit of a hard time keeping people inside. Their um their president Joko Widodo, which hey by the way, that's what our president's name should be, uh, has been slow to react to the coronavirus pandemic and resisting national lock lockdown. So, at the capital of Jakarta, has ordered a two week closures of offices, a ban gatherings of more than five people, but not has but has not directly ordered people to stay home. So there has been a new way to get people to stay at home. Since Indonesia loves all things horror, the archipelago folklore contains hundreds of tales of ghosts and ghouls. What a better tool to keep people indoors than ghosts. So a group of youth in the Kipul in central Java decided to recruit volunteer ghosts to patrol the streets, hoping that the sight of them would send anyone home uh, running and hiding uh, in their beds under the covers. Um, they get uh, white shawls, they paint their face uh, white and black, and they just pretend like they're ghosts. So people that are just walking around, they just walk up to them, or they're just standing still, and when they turn a corner, there's these ghosts. And by the way, I've seen these pictures, and they're quite freaky. Um, So they're hoping that this would send people home and just stay there, but alas, it's backfired, and people are enjoying getting pictures and, and selfies with them. Right. So it backfired and now everybody's going out to try to find them. Oh, so they God. were on a schedule. And so now what they've decided to do is do uh, a random schedule or a random time when they go out. And now they're just trying, instead of being in groups, they're just every, every they're scattered about. So then that's going to be a little bit more scary, but um, they dressed as ghosts and uh, you can see it on our show notes, but some of these, Things are terrifying. Have you guys? Did you guys look at the yeah, pictures? Yeah, I was looking at the picture. Oh, would that freak you out? Yes. Turn the corner and hey, buddy, there that is. Well. I'm not gonna do that. So um, that's one way we could do it. The 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. 
coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812-BARBECUE and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812-BARBECUE. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812-BARBECUE, or call 704-604-5148 or email eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com and he'll be glad to help any way he can. Talk about uh, keeping somebody at home. Uh, This this woman needs to be staying at home. A pregnant woman carjacks a news van with a reporter still inside. A pregnant Georgia woman found herself in the police custody Tuesday after authorities say that she hopped behind the wheel of a CBS news van and sped off before crashing it nearby. A frightened reporter was still inside. The incident occurred just after 5.30 a.m. on Tuesday as Atlanta police responded to a single car crash near 17th Street in Midtown Atlanta. According to the report, um, officers arrived at the scene to find a wreck, a Honda Highlander. It crashed on the security gate of a local apartment complex. They arrested a pregnant woman nearby. She had minimal scratches on her, uh, but the reported reporter said that she was glad that everything was okay. And she didn't have any harm as well. Um, they say that the uh, pregnant woman may have had, uh, may have been intoxicated. May have been. Nice. What she do? Threaten to have that's a baby actually, in that van? So she took it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what are you going to say, Brent? That's, that's the most newsworthy thing we've heard in the last six weeks <laughs> yeah. besides Corona. Yeah. Um, she said that when the, uh, Van took off. The news reporter said, I pleaded for her to stop, but she did not. So I just put on my safety belt and I was going to be okay. So she obviously didn't make it very far. She crashed. She didn't even get outside of the apartment complex. So, yeah, I think she was probably a little bit, a little bit uh, tipsy. Maybe she had the sugars oh, going maybe. on. I mean, yeah. y'all, she was pregnant. I mean, maybe she, maybe she had a hankering for like pickles or. Or ice cream, oh. and she, she didn't have a car. You know, we can think the best here. You think so? Sure. Maybe she just drive. Maybe she just drives like a woman. I'm just kidding. Send your emails to Mojo. At SFB. Um, Producer Brian, do you have any uh, SFB headlines for us? Well, I just I just dropped another article in the doc here. I okay. want to hit, hit you guys with real quick. Um, I, I literally just saw this when I was looking at one of your other articles, but okay. uh, new website just came out. It's called Scrubhub. It's a partnership between Pornhub and Amazon Dating to spread awareness on the importance of hand washing during the pandemic. The parody site has an almost identical layout to Pornhub, but features nothing but videos of people oh washing gosh. their hands. The clips do have names that wouldn't be out of place on a porn site, apparently. But someone just made a site with people washing their hands. That's that's the that's the story. It's, Kind of funny. There's probably there's probably uh, hand fetish anonymous groups out there right now. They're empty because of this new website. People watching this, watching these uh, hand washing videos. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's I'm not saying scrubhub.com. <laughs> scrubhub is. I didn't click on the .com link, but it, there was. 
This was attached to that ghost Indonesia thing. <laughs> this this kind of yeah. goes along that's, with that. I, I think I sent it to to uh, you guys earlier. The the Maryland not, police right. remind residents to wear pants while they go out to their mailbox. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and they that. said this yeah, is your final warning. Guys, I live out in the I, – I, I typically walk outside taking the trash out, going to check my mail with no pants on. So am I going to get arrested for this? Like this isn't just a coronavirus thing for me. This is – I just live out in the middle of nowhere. Is Are you wearing anything else? I think that's the problem. You think so? Well, yeah. What? what? Shoes, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> my house slippers. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm picturing cousin Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which That's I think it. you're fine with. You know, I thought that went fine. well with the went well with the Pornhub thing. Yes, sure. absolutely. Which, by the way, Scrubhub is still not. I'm still trying to Google it. I'm not googling. I just found the article. It's your fault. Well, it's your fault. <laughs> I got rid of my covenant eyes, so just said, if there's ever a time, this is the time to do it now. Oh, my gosh. Oh boy. Uh, any, any SFP headlines? Did you want to uh, so, I think that show is going to be on hold until we get this pandemic out, because uh, I do oh. not have time to record. So, unfortunately, every time I try to set aside <laughs> a time, it just hasn't, hasn't worked. Did you find something? Oh, yeah, I, I did. Okay. Hand-washing videos? Hand-washing. Hand, hand uh, boyfriend experience, Easter Sunday night, seductive service, point of view, true love. <laughs> um, oh boy, I accidentally clicked it. Um, <laughs> accidentally, air quotes by yeah. people. Oh boy, God, I don't know if this I is, should see this. is good radio. We're going to watch Big and react to hand washing videos <laughs> on the internet. That's right. Go to YouTube. We're streaming it. Guys, did you know there really are like, Video after video after video on YouTube of people washing their hands. Guys, this this one's titled "Thick Hunk Goes Slow and Deep in His Afternoon Quickie Hands to Sink." <laughs> Hot girl goes wild in public in premium POV while she's washing her hands. I'm gonna have to unlink this show from my Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are, look, I mean, they are legit. They're just washing their hands. Yeah. They're video after video after video on YouTube of people teaching you how to wash your hands. Right. But I think the funny thing is they've got dirty titles. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's it. That's where the funny stuff is. It's yeah. just, anyway. I mean, I just, just, oh, okay. I'm gonna it's stupid. This. I so. did see anyway. a report that you could, that you can uh, pass the coronavirus on. Because you don't wash your thumbs. So if mm. you think about it, you're just like washing, but you don't get that thumb, you know? So it's just no, I get the thumb. living right there on your thumb along with other things. And, mm. uh, yeah, so. Who washes their hands without washing? Probably my no. kids. Just watch, watch your kids wash their hands. They do it real fast, but they don't yeah. wash the thumb, and then it lives there. And, that's, and then you rub your nose. Corona. Like a secret handshake or something? Corona. <laughs> Suck your thumb. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. All right, let's go to some hot topics brought to you by our friends Hookline and Hero. These guys. Uh, they're a 501c3 that is uh, there to help our veterans connect with uh, their, um, their their relationship with God while on a fishing trip. So check out our friends at Hookline and Hero. 
right. Um, well, we're going to talk about, so we talked about the stimulus check, right? Everybody got their X amount of money. Well, evidently, another one is on its way. Old enough to drive a car? Then you would be old enough to receive a $2,000 a month um, under a plan introduced this week by two Democratic law, lawmakers in the House of Representatives. Under the Emergency Money for the People Act, U.S. citizens who are 16 or older and make less than $130,000 a year would receive cash payments from the federal government for at least six months and until the unemployment fails to pre-pandemic levels. This bill was introduced Tuesday by Rep. Uh, Tim Ryan, a former presidential candidate associated with the moderate wing of the Democratic Party, and Republican Representative sorry, Ro Khanna, the former co-chair of Senator Bernie's recent suspended campaign. Um, in addition to the $2,000 uh, payments, they would also give you a $500 per child um, increase as well. So uh, they say that the, the uh, $1,200 is just a quick fix, but this $2,000 a month will um, will help keep America going. Two. Why just why just two thousand? Why not four? Why not four per month? Can't get a four. I might as well get a four. Hold on, hold on. Am I hearing this right? Per month. Per month. Yeah. Where did you find this? Business Insiders. The link is on the show notes. Oh my gosh! Right now, my favorite part is the name. It's the Emergency Money for the People Act. (laughs) Right. We couldn't get more creative on that one. Did you not see the new name today of uh, that Trump and his uh, dodos came up with on opening the economy? Did you guys not see that? Uh, it was mm-hmm. Jessica talked about it on the way, but we didn't get. I didn't get into it. I'll what find it. it. I'll, I'll I'll find it. Uh, but two grand a month, guys, for for every person. So that would be uh, Nevea would get sixteen hundred dollars. Your daughter. Um, I mean. That's that's fantastic, right? Fantastic? No, it's not. <laughs> that was tongue in cheek. I think actually, what we should do, I think it'd be a wiser investment if the government just ordered three hundred and thirty million printers, and we just allowed to print money in our house. <laughs> yeah, mean, why not? Why not? I mean, where's the hemorrhaging start? Yeah. Opening up America again. Yeah, that's that's the only answer. So instead of MAGA, it's a Ooga. <laughs> I love it. Get, get that fit on a hat. Who who, uh, who was sitting in that room that came up well, with that? The same people guys. Who came I got up a creative you. name. Opening up America again. Well, it's the same people that uh, came up with the emergency money for people. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, let, let's be honest though. Like if if we're not going to open the economy back up, they're going to have to they're going to have to just keep throwing money. I mean, they're either going to have to keep throwing money or they're going to have to like stop everybody's mortgage payments and everybody's car payments, you know? I mean, those are the only options, right? 
but that's but that's not how, that's not how economy. No, I'm works, not saying so. Mojo. I, I you're, know that. You I'm know just I'm saying, not that. saying that. But I'm saying <laughs> if I, you're I not going to open it yeah. back up, this is the only option. Communism. I just, I, I just don't get why we can't open it up now. I we there's a way to open this up without you know all the naysayers and out there, all the people out there just germaphobes. I think we can do it. You know what I'm saying? But we we can't just keep handing out money. There's a, there's a thing called inflation that we're gonna you know you're gonna go from right now you go to the the BJ or Sam's Club or whatever and get milk for two fourteen a gallon. And they're they're actually throwing milk down the drain right now, but you you uh, you know milk and gas are usually go trend and trend with about prices. So imagine what milk's going to be if we start just doling out forty eight thousand dollars a year to people that just because we got the economy closed, yeah. it's going to create a massive inflation. Now don't give up big and stock so, tip for next week. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> milk, you're, you're buying milk stock. So here's here's the thing: is uh, what's I think hilarious to me is one, everybody who voted, you know, Republican, they wanted less government involvement. And now we got a Yahoo who is like talking about how he has complete authority to do whatever he wants. That's fantastic. Like that, that's irony at its best. The other (laughs) one is, is that whenever Bernie was running for president, the Republicans were like, no, we can't just give everybody money. And now they're like, here's all the money. Everybody, you want money. You yeah, know, right there is going, I was just trying to give you a thousand dollars. Now y'all get two grand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I, I think it's all ironic. I think, uh, um, the Republicans, like, like I said, Republicans run on smaller government and now we have the biggest government we've ever had in the history of America and 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 we're okay with it. And then the Democrats are all about big government, seizing control of all means, and now they're screaming fascism. So it's there's no happy medium, you know, with with political season right now. I mean, the election coming up, there's just no win win situation for either it's a party. Mess, man. Yeah. Hook, Line, and Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit based in Charlotte, North Carolina, founded in 2017 to show God's love and appreciation for our disabled and PTS military veterans. They provide professionally guided fishing trips to nominated veterans at no cost to the veteran. Hook, Line, and Heroes has provided over 30-plus trips around the Carolinas since their founding, from red fishing down in Charleston to striper fishing on Lake Norman, and even offshore fishing down in Florida. Each trip is a one-on-one experience with a member of the organization aiming to provide a day of fun and relaxation on the water and begin a lifelong relationship with them. Each veteran leaves the day with a fully stocked tackle box, rod and reel, apparel, a Bible, and a daily devotion to kick to kickstart their new hobby and build their relationship with God. Please take the time to visit their website at hooklineandheroes.org to hear and learn more about them. You can help in many ways by nominating a veteran you know through their website, join their monthly giving program, Healing Heroes, or send a one-time personal or corporate donation. You'll also be happy to hear that they are completely volunteer-run, and nearly 100% of your donations goes directly towards providing trips for the veterans. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to see their veteran stories and to show your support. Uh, producer Brian, you sent us an article as well about Apple and Google 
making apps for your phone um, for COVID. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, I'll just read part of this article here. But uh, Apple and Google are teaming up to create a system that would let smartphone users know when they've come in contact with someone who has COVID-19. The technology would rely on Bluetooth signals that smartphones can both send out and receive. If a person tests positive for the virus, they could notify public health authorities through an app. Uh, Those public health apps would then alert anyone whose smartphone had come near the infected person's phone in the prior 14 days. Um, now this is the opt-in thing they're talking about, but it's just, a, to me, it's kind of a polarizing, potentially polarizing thing. Cause on one hand, it sounds great because it wouldn't you like to know that the, the person you walk past at the grocery store may have passed it on to you. And because you were in the same vicinity as them. Yeah. But so there's a, there's, there's two sides to this. I don't know. I'm gonna get to okay. it. <laughs> a way to know without knowing who, like you just know you were exposed. You don't know who exposed you, essentially, is how what they're talking about here. The other side of this is how, how much is too much, you know, with like control and, you know, they say it's going to be private, but this can be taken out of context real quick, I feel like. Everybody's phones are beeping they be off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> private. But yeah. last night I'm watching, I'm watching CNN. Don't ask me why. I just turned it on for like 10 minutes. And uh, and they were talking about that the new theory is that you are actually most contagious before you even have symptoms. So once you know that you have it, you're not it, like the way they described it is sure. like it's deep inside of your system. So then you're not as. And in my mind, it's just another play on stay in your house because you don't even know you're contagious. Like sure. even you're. You're contagious before you even have it. And so then this app is irrelevant because you don't even know you have it and you're more contagious. But once you do know you have it, you're not contagious anymore. It's like, what, what are we talking about? Who, I just wish people would stop talking and just say, we don't know. Like, yeah. we don't know. That's fine. We don't know. Right. But it's just it's throwing out these dumb things that we all know are wacky and ridiculous drives me crazy there's nothing there's nothing that can go wrong with this at all i mean zoom got hacked like a couple weeks ago i mean in people you know hackers going into uh alcoholics anonymous zoom meetings and shaming the people there them going into little church lady sewing circle virtual online things and you know trolling them i mean so just imagine if a hacker gets a count and all of a sudden you know, starts ramping the number of users that actually have Corona at the same time. It could create mass hysteria and panic. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Sure. I mean, cause pe- people right now, you know, just imagine if we were, if it got to a point where um, the government released names, like, all right, we had 130 new cases this week in Cabarrus County. And here are the list of names. People are going to search those like old people do obituaries in the morning to see who's there. And, do you think people are going to come to help them and aid them? Oh, can we help you? You know, bring you some chicken noodle soup? No, they're going to they're going to segregate themselves like Leper yeah. Island. You know, they they put them off on off on their own. And, and we talked about so, this on the SFP Insiders, and you guys were yucking it up with me. And when I was saying, guys, you know, people's lives may be changed because they get the 
they get it. And then, oh, no, that's not going to happen. But it it is happening, you know? Like, people will be ostracized and, and can be. Well, they, yeah, but once you have we it. Didn't see, we didn't see it in the tea leaves, Swami. <laughs> Profit star. But once you have it, you're not it, you're not contagious. Like, you're not contagious anymore. That. I mean, they now they're that. saying, but now they're saying they can take the blood of someone who's recovered and actually use it for those who have it. So, yeah, the antibody, yeah, the antibody. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Whatever. The, the interesting, one of the inter- interesting things about this um, is that it opens up this uh, kind of discussion or argument about privacy, I guess, with mm-hmm. what data mm-hmm. is, who has it, who can get to it. Yeah. Um, health data because this the truth is this technology is already out there it's already being used um because mm. apple for has a product coming out called air tags that is using like your phone is talking to basically creating its own little network to help find lost items so your phone's talking to other phones already and it's supposedly encrypted and but it's sending location data so that if one of these tags shows up, like if you drop something in a parking lot somewhere and someone else with one of these products, Apple products walks by, you can like pinpoint your stuff because of the the networks and the way they're attached to each other and stuff. The technology is already there. They're just repurposing it for uh, this virus stuff. Well, also, I mean, we, they, we talked about the technology last week, I think with uh, the state reports coming out, as far as uh, the states that have lockdown and um, the amount of travel per average mile or whatever for citizens. And a couple of weeks ago, or yeah, the last episode, South Carolina was, they had the average citizen moving 3.2 miles a, a right. day, um, you know, traveling. So obviously they're not getting that through mail-in opt-in surveys. I mean, they're getting this through technology, obviously through our cell phones, which is the most commonly owned item probably amongst all of us. So. There's data out there. I mean, this for people who love data collection, this is their this is their World Series mm-hmm. right now during this Corona. How many of you guys uh, would sign up for the COVID nineteen thing? We'll just go down the list. Uh, Magic Man, would you sign up? No. Justin. No. Ryan. I don't know. I've, I haven't given enough thought to give a solid answer on that. You know, Mojo's in honestly. Right? Let's sign up for herpes first. <laughs> All right. So I, I'll take that as a solid maybe. All right. I got it. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm also a no for it as well. Uh, I think I'm trying to shelter in place as much as I can. That's right. the other thing. Like something this, if it, if it was helpful, if we could prove that it would help people, it should be opt out, I would think, and not opt in. Like you have hmm. to volunteer out of it because so many people won't even pick up their phone and touch it. So if we fi- if we find out that <clears throat> this could really save a lot of lives and keep people from spreading the disease, the, the, no one's going to opt into it. That's the that's the problem, you know. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't work <laughs> if it could work. Yeah, but wouldn't it, I mean, that's still an invasion of privacy, though. and that's one thing we pride ourselves on. Supposedly in this country is you know having that. Um. You're getting there with the Fourth Amendment as far as search and seizure. That's why we had a whole, all the 
the uh, data collection. It's been the riff with, you know, with Snowden when he came out with the data collection, data dumping and stuff like that. People are taking your data and using it. Um, you know, we're still giving up a little bit of security. They're still, still giving up a little bit of liberty for a little bit of security. And at the sure. end of the day, we're not really getting any security. I mean. We, we worship security. Yeah. And. Yeah. I, I, but, but we'll give it up for free. What do you mean? <laughs> like, if you ever signed up for a free service, oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah, using yeah. your data. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's their currency. It's not free. They're they're mm-hmm. using everything you click on and selling it. Oh, so. that's right. Yep. Well, I mean, yep. we're we're giving up a piece of our liberty right now, and it's coming in the form of twelve hundred dollar auto draft or auto deposits into the bank account with stimulus. I mean, how many of us would rather be working right now versus, you know, in, in a responsible manner? I'm not saying we go out there and start licking grocery store carts, but I'm saying. You know, yeah, but it so pays not. for my credit card where I paid for all my brand new shoes, bro. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's I a joke. Amazon's <laughs> probably getting. Uh, I'm sure Amazon's got Prime Day right now. I had know. to get on that pastor preacher sneaker thing, you know. Oh, you got to get. You get we got to get, get you some Jordans. extra medium shirts though, to fit. Well, so. I would look so good in that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did, Side note: Did anybody watch the uh, the Joe McHale uh, Tiger King follow up? No, I saw a screenshot of him in like a rubber suit or something with like Netflix tattooed on his stomach. Uh, <laughs> but one of the questions that he asked uh, was it Joe? Is that that the guy's name? Yeah, Joe. Not Joe. Not Joe. Who's the guy? The owner that's out. That's free now. Uh. Not John. Uh, Jeff. 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 Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe, yeah, yeah. Um, he asked him how many affli- affliction shirts does he own. <laughs> oh. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, he's got the bedazzle, um, bedazzle jean and uh, affliction t-shirts going on, don't he? Mm-hmm. Did, Justin, did you ever watch Tiger King? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, speaking of Justin, um, we're going to ask a pastor. There was one question that was uh, submitted via Facebook. Justin, uh, have you ever been fired from a job? Oh my gosh. Twice. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Twice in 18 months, bro. Wow. Way yeah. to go. From the same job or different job? No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did beg for both of them. Both of them. Uh, yeah, my first, first full-time ministry right out of college, uh, I moved to a city in your favorite state, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, it was. I thought it was a great situation, and and uh, three months later, one of the elders met me in the um, parking lot and told me that they were going to let me go. And I asked if I could meet with the elders. He said yes. I met, you know, said hey, I'm. I was only twenty. Dang, I was twenty, twenty two years old, and uh, said you know I'm willing to learn whatever. And they said no. They told me to go out in the hall. They talk about it. Oh no! They said no, so moved home. Um, was getting ready to get married. Decided, well, ministries—that's what I went to school for. So maybe I'll give it another shot. And uh, got hired at this uh, college ministry up in Boone, and um, it was going awesome. We were growing, and um, but it was changing too much for a couple people on the board, and they. They got herd mentality, got all the rest of the board on their side. It, both super unhealthy situations. I mean, 
terrible situations. And uh, they they came. Two of the board members showed up at my apartment one night, and um, actually one afternoon, because Nicole was at work, and they said, uh, "We're putting you on a a six month probationary period. We need you to sign this thing." They slid it over to me. All these things that I supposedly had done wrong. I said, "I'm not signing that. Like, I I need to talk to my wife about this." They're like, "No, just sign it. Just sign it." I'm like, "I I'm not signing it." Walk in the next board meeting. I say, hey, guys, can we start the meeting with prayer? And uh, two of these ladies on the board looked at me and said, we don't feel like praying tonight. And uh, What? Yeah. And uh, Nicole, Nicole said it's the oh, closest awesome. the closest she'd ever seen to what she thought was somebody that was possessed. And, uh, and they fired me. And um, I looked at the chairman of the board who was sitting to my left. And said, are you just going to sit there and let this happen? He goes, there's nothing I can do. That's all he said the entire meeting. I said, guys, look, I'm, I'm willing to learn. Like, I, I, I want to, I you know, I want to grow. They told Nicole and I to step outside. They came, we came back in. They said they made the decision final. So within 18 months, I was fired from both places. Um, looking back at it, like the first church, the guy that got me fired, found out that he was cheating on his wife. So I was just, I was just Mm -hmm. a deflection and the ministry up in Boone, the churches found out and I wasn't the first guy they had done this to. And they completely like disband the, the board, um, brought in a new board and hired a guy, um, who has been there ever since. So the ministry, um, you know, I, I look at it as like, God took a really, awful situation a painful situation for nicole and i and um brought something good out of it and i learned a lot through it too you know i learned a lot about leadership and what not to do and what to do and how to treat your team and so yeah man i got fired twice in 18 months wow yeah talk about working at a church or for church especially when you're young and just the the wake up, when was that wake up moment for you of like, oh, this is not what I expected it to be dealing with <sighs> church people? Man, that's a great question. Cause I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. So like I, I've, I've been in the church since, I mean, I think, you know, I was born and, and fell on the front row. Um, I knew the church wasn't perfect. My dad was a deacon. He was an elder. My mom led worship. Like, I knew, I knew kind of the ins and outs, um, of how it all worked, but, um, it was probably, um, my first ministry, which was at my home church. And, uh, and there was a, a, the senior minister was quite a bit older than me. Um, I was the youth guy and he felt super insecure for some reason. Like Mm. I'm, I'm a pretty confident person. Um, and I, I'm, I just, I just was doing my job and, he started going around to all my youth leaders and saying that I wanted his job. Mind you, I was 18 years old. Um, and, uh, and so I remember having, like, I remember distinctly where I was standing when one of my youth leaders came up to me and said, uh, do you want, I, I'll, let's call him Joe. Do you want Joe's job? And I was like, what are we, what do you, what? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think that was, it was the first ministry. Like, whoa what is going on? My second ministry, I remember walking to my office one day. I'd been there about a year 
and I uh, had a letter sitting on my desk from the head elder um, of the 50 things that I had done wrong over the past year. Um, and he never talked to me, never spoke to me about it, mm. wrote it in a letter, put it on my desk for me to find. And, uh, I, and I remember just thinking, goodness gracious, like, is this how, is this how you do relationships? Is this, you know, and for me, what was hardest was I believe in the church. I believe the church is the body of Christ, the representation of Jesus on the earth. So when the representation of Jesus on the earth treats you like that, then it yeah. also makes you consider, does, would God treat you like this? Mm-hmm. Right? So that, that was my darkest days were not the wrestling with the church, but the wrestling with God. Like, is this how you treat mm. me? You know? So, so you would think that in that example, like God is also giving you a list of the, all the 50 things that you did wrong that oh. day. And one day you're just he's just going to slide it and into your Bible and be like, oh, these are all the things Justin did wrong today. Yep. Um, yeah. Wow. It, yeah, and I'm disposable. Mm. You know, on my worst days, I I am, um, you know, and and um, I've had to do a lot of work to to see that the yes, there are people in the church that can be very destructive and very harmful, and we've all experienced that, um, you know. But God does not look like that. God does not act like that. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that transference, you know, just like we can transfer, like if you, if you, depending on what your dad was like, like you can transfer what your dad was like onto God. Yeah. If you had a good dad, God seems to be a good father. If you had a bad dad, God seems like if he has a distant dad, well, the same thing happens with the church. Your experience Mm -hmm. with the church then is transferred to what you think about God. So, yeah, I, I never had that, that thought of the transference. I always knew that God was good. These people are just jerks. Mm. Um, you know, so like, it was just, I, I knew for, for at least for us, when, when we moved to Texas, it was, um, Hey, by the way, cause I said, Hey, I'm a fairly liberal Southern Baptist. My wife is a pretty conservative Methodist. We're going to have any issues. Absolutely not. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's perfect. Um, and, and every, I mean, their, their youth budget, bro, they had like 20 kids and they have $13,000 in the youth budget. Uh, my previous church I was at, it was 500 for 30 youth. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, I thought I was going to give them all iPads at that point, you know, like we got money now. Um, but then the first Sunday it was like, oh, by the way, uh, this is happening, and you may have a problem with it. After we move cross country, and we're like, "Wait, what just happened?" Um, something completely um, not in, in our wheelhouse at all that we agreed with, mm. and so we were there, and just just one thing after another was just um, the rug being pulled up under your feet, and just not feeling like you could ever um, get a stable grip. And I think that for for pastors, you know. You, New young pastors, it's like, here's here's what your your idea of the church is, and here's what it it really is. It just feels like it's so much lower. Um, it was such a eye opening thing. It's just mind blowing, just how the church is because it's filled with people, right? People are are mis, you know, just messed up anyway. Yeah, um, but not not all tough. places are like that. I mean, right. 
Because we we like to say, well, the church is filled with human beings, and human beings are imperfect. That's true. I mean, our church here in Concord is full of imperfect people. Um, but that doesn't mean we go around treating people like they're pieces of trash that we can right. dispose of. You know, like my our our elders here, like our leadership doesn't walk. I don't walk on eggshells around them. Like I don't. Mm. I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, like tomorrow I may wake up and not have a job. That's because they're not. This isn't a power play. Mm-hmm. And that's, so I, we've kind of missed the boat when we say, well, the church is full of imperfect people and imperfect people hurt people. Yeah, that's true. But that doesn't mean they use their power to strong arm and move people and manipulate people, which is what I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've experienced that in several places throughout my ministry where people literally are hungry and lust for power. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when they lust for power, they're willing to do anything to anyone to make sure they get their way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind just a, the little bit of power that, that people start off with and just how it multiplies and multiplies. And now they've got this giant head and think that they're the biggest thing since Jesus. Yep. Um, I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> you can't always get what you want. Incredible. Sorry. That was perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, just like that, it starts off a little bit and then you just keeps rolling and rolling. Um, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough. I don't, I left ministry and I never looked back, um, paid ministry. I just, I wouldn't want to jump into that ever again. And I think that I, that, that resonates with so many pastors, youth pastors, um, music ministers that just, we're just done, just burnt out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's just tough, it's a tough gig. Yeah. I don't know what, what, um, well, for me, it was like, I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I had any other options mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if that was true or if that was just God saying, like, I know you feel like you've been run over by a Mack truck, but here's, this is what did it for me. I, after I got fired the first time I moved home to my parents' house, I was getting married the next summer and dude, I was in such a dark place. Uh, my dad came in and said, Hey, where are you applying for jobs? And I was like, the only thing I know how to do is ministry. The second time I got fired, I was put into contact with a guy named Dean Troon. And we went up. Uh, he lived in East Lansing, Michigan. My wife and I went up there, had breakfast with him at a Burger King. Dude, I was a broken, shattered human being. Mm. And uh, my, I, I was just shot. Um, and he looked at me and said, my favorite leaders are broken leaders. And, and he kind of just like picked me up off the pavement and said, I'm, I'm in it with you. And I want to see you Mm. do what God is calling you to do. And he empowered us to start a ministry here in Charlotte. And, uh, man, the, the way that like he walked alongside of me and, and cared for me and nurtured me is really what uh, saved my ministry, like saved the ministry that God had called me to whenever I was in high school. So, um, I I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have made it. I don't think I would have went into the next place if, if he wouldn't have sat in that bird Mm. with me. So, yeah. And that's huge. Cause if, if you step away or you walk away, it's rare that you have somebody that will be there to support you. It'll help pull you out of that. Um, I know I didn't have it. Just didn't have it. Um, that, that was a, mentor that we had and maybe that's the the key is 
we all need mentors. Yeah, man. Going through that, but I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. I think that that God had a a plan for my life in youth ministry, and no doubt about that. Uh, I, I also feel like He's also led me on another ministry path that I'm I'm on. So I'm not I'm not out of it, but. Golly, I would not want to go back to paid stuff. <laughs> but I say that, but I'll probably try it. Try it next year just for fun. So, uh, Justin, uh, our listeners. I mean, obviously, we know the deal. We're we're all stuck at home. We're all trying to figure out what we're doing and and how we can survive. What words of hope or encouragement did you ha- do you have for our listeners that are just they're at home, they're struggling, they're hurting. They need somebody to give them some hope. What do you have for them? Well, um, I think one of the things that we need to not hear, and this is just my opinion, but is something that has not been helpful to me is hearing a combination of one of two things. Either we're never going to go back to normal. That is not helpful. Right. Or we're going to go back to normal. Hmm. Neither one of those to me is helpful. And the reason it's not helpful is because here's a newsflash. You can't recreate yesterday. Mm, yeah, preach it. Come on now. So you can't, you can't make America great again. Mm. It, it's a, it is a empty, false promise. Because outside of the movie Back to the Future, you can't go back to the glory days. Um, so I was just thinking about this this morning. I was uh, reading in Mark chapter 2, verse 22, where Jesus talks about the um, new wineskins and the old wineskins. And he says, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. You can only put new wine into new wineskins. So what I, what I gathered from that was I can't, I can't expect to experience what Jesus has for me tomorrow if I'm stuck in yesterday. Mm. So I need to be in tomorrow so that I can see the things, the, the, the will of the father unfold in front of me. And I, you know, like I, I remember one of the, one of the, my favorite memories growing up was my brother and I would play outside. We had this piece of concrete in front of our house and we would take our hot wheels and we would have races with them and we okay. would create tournament brackets and, we had all of these awesome Hot Wheel cars. Dude, we would do this for hours every summer. And um, I, I just look back at that and I'm like, when, you know when people say, if you could go back to one age, where would it be? I was about 11 or 12 years old. Baseball was awesome. Playing Hot Wheels. Like we had a pool in the backyard. I mean, it was just, it was wonderful. It was Sandlot. It was yeah. Sandlot. And then I started thinking this morning, Justin, if... If I could go back, I wouldn't have my two kids. I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't be at One Life. I wouldn't have the friends that I have in my life. And, and it was just this moment of like, if, I, if it's all about making it great again, if it's all about like going back and being normal or not normal, then I'm going to miss what's coming. So I think the hope for me is that there is more to come. Like, we're going to get out of this. Like, we will. We, we don't know when. I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like we know, is it two weeks, five weeks, three months? I don't know. Like, but I do know we will. We will move on. Like, we will. Sure. 
every time in, in human history, we have moved on. Like, we will move on, and will we be willing to walk into what's new so that we can embrace it and experience it? Are we going to sit here and be and moan about wanting what was yesterday? Mm. You, you can't get it back. It's, it's gone. And so we've got to be willing to take the next step into what's to come. And there is more to come, guys. Like, there is more to come. I, I, I firmly believe that in the fall, we are going to be recording a podcast face-to-face again. And, it, and it'll be a party, and it will be good. And it will be different. And it will be beautiful. And, and that's all we can do is just put one foot in front of the other and experience what's right in front of us and say, this is from a good father, and he is going to make things good. So yeah. that's how I'm walking. Fantastic. What has, what has this quarantine taught you? Um, one about the church and then two, what has it taught you personally? Hmm. Well, I, as a pastor, I, I early on in this quarantine had the thought, this is why I was called into ministry. Like Hmm. this is, there is like when things are really good, um, most of the time people don't need pastors. Like when things go really bad, that's when we can step in and be a voice of hope and shine light. Um, and I, I just had, I got really frustrated with the voices on the internet saying, just stay at home. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, this is why I was called. Like I'm, I was called to walk into this. I was called to like show up and keep preaching, not, not bringing my church together. (laughs) gathering you know i'm not saying that but like i'm working every week to bring a new a new sermon on sunday of hope (laughs) and of light and of you know like i i i'm dreaming about how do we care and pastor the people in our church like i'm not on vacation right i'm working harder right now than i have in the last three months like i'm i am i'm tired my brain is spinning i'm I'm working really hard because I believe that this is the moment whenever as a pastor, I can step in and I can be a voice that, that people need. So I, I, I've just been learning that, that I can, um, this is not a moment for me to be divisive, but this is a moment for me to be hopeful and to be prophetic and to, um, remind people that God is still at work and present. Um, personally, um, I'm, I'm trying to help my, um, help my kids, um, understand what's going on. Mm. Um, you know, I, and it's really tough. My, my son was really angry at all this. Um, he, he worked so hard in January and February and March for this baseball season. Like mm. he was playing basketball. So he was. Um, practicing with my high school baseball team that I coach. He was practicing with his own team and he was busting his butt because he wanted, he didn't have a great year last year and he felt like he got overlooked Mm. and he wanted to prove some people wrong. Like he, he had this thing in him that said like, I'm going to come out and I'm going to show that I've got something. And Mm. he was working so hard. And when that was taken away from him, like 
that was really tough. Um, and so trying to, you know, like be able to help him articulate that and help my daughter articulate that she really misses her friends. And, you know, like, and the reason we're at home is not necessarily because of us, but because of grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. you know, like, and not giving them too much because they're, they're nine and 11. Like, we don't be like, well, grandma and grandpa could die. You know, that's not the conversation, but it's Ouch, like, I hope they're not watching this. Yeah, <laughs> they're in bed. So it's like, hey, but we want to help, you know, grandma and grandpa like stay healthy. And so we're yeah. going to do our part, you know, and, and that's tough. And, um, you know, my, you know, my kids love to go out and, go to the grocery store and go to Lowe's with us. Like we're, we're a family that's always on the move and they've been at home for five weeks mm-hmm. and, um, helping them be able to articulate that. It, that's really hard. Five weeks. What they have. Is that how long it's been? It has. Five Sundays, what? bro. No. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So, man. so it's like, it's hard enough. Like for us as adults to be able to wrap our minds around all this, let alone a nine and 11 year old or, you know, a seven and five year old. Yeah. Like, my, my kids are struggling with it too. Yeah. Just with the, they don't understand why we can't go to target. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not good at this. I'm not, my wife is really good. And, um, I'm just really like, I'm, I'm so glad I have her like, she's really good at listening and asking good questions of them. And they talk to her. Um, you know, she said to me last night, she said, I was trying to have a conversation with my daughter and she's, she was done with the conversation. She got up, walked, walked outside. She wanted to play. And Nicole just said, um, something like, you just have to be patient. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, like yeah. I, yeah. So, yeah. So I just learning some things about that with my kiddos. As a, as a husband slash father, how many of those oh, crap moments are you having? Are you having more of those or oh less? Of those? I have <laughs> so many of them. I mean, how, I shouldn't have done that. how many dads don't wake up in the middle of the night and think, golly, I'm such a crappy dad. Like, dang it. Like, I, I chose, maybe I'm the only one. I'm super hard yeah. on myself. It doesn't hit me till like, 8.30 in the morning. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. When we have those moments of, like, or and we have it as friends or husbands, you know, like, dang, man, I, like, I, I was just shot after work, and I just closed it down, and I closed it down emotionally. And physically, and my kids, my kids wanted to hang with me, but I just, I was gone, you know, like, and I'm never going to get that back. And I, and I'm also creating a narrative for them. (sighs) Yeah. I, I have those moments constantly, constantly. So, you know, but that's not, that's not God putting that on me. That's just me. Right, yeah. As as you tell us multiple times, have grace upon grace upon grace of yourself, bro. Yeah, but it's it's tough. It <laughs> is. It's hard. Any uh, any fun things that you've done on on this for either between you and your family or you and your church family that you would say, hey, this was a fantastic idea. I would recommend uh, you guys trying this out for fun. 
far. Um, we we go for walks. Um, that's good. You know, it's it's good to get out and just. We played wiffle ball as a family. Oh, nice. Yeah, we played wiffle ball. Now, my wife ended up with a sprained ankle, and I was so sore the next day I could barely get out of bed because we went hard. We went hard. Yep. So it was <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, my yeah. wife and my son against me and my daughter. There were tears. There was, like, we were a very competitive family. Oh, wow. So we were going for it. My, my son's knee was bleeding. But uh, mm. <laughs> you don't have to go that hard. But just, like, <laughs> just doing you know, fun things, compete against one another, like, you know, and um, even if they're screaming and yelling and tears, uh, I don't remember any of that from my childhood. I just remember that we went at each other and played games and, you know, like my wife's great at playing board games. She, she taught the kids how to play mm-hmm. Monopoly. Nice. Uh, so, you know, just, just like, it doesn't have to be special. It doesn't have to be huge. You know, you don't have to like, buy a new telescope next week, the best telescope in the world to see the universe. Like you can, I guess if you want, but what sure. I'm saying is you don't have to do huge, great things. You just show up and, and be present and do simple things. And I think those things are going to help us get through this together. One thing that I did with hot pocket, the nine year old, uh, we have the gravel uh, driveway you know, yeah. at the house and one, and one end of it kind of has a, has a, a hill back in the So what I thought would be funny would be is if I convinced him that I'm making a rock slip and slide uh, and I just put soap all over the ground and put some water and I was like, go run and just slide in the, in the gravel dirt. Uh, he didn't think that was quite funny. Uh, he's got a lot of scars. So <laughs> I'm just kidding, DSS. It was a joke. We did not do that, I promise. You know something, and you did this with Hot Pocket, I didn't know that was his name, uh, was uh, the dry, drive-through birthday party. Yeah. Um, that's We've done two of those now. Oh, nice. It's, yeah, we did one. Uh, it's today, Thursday. We did, yeah, we're recording Who this. Knows? We're recording this on Thursday. Who knows? Yesterday, we did it for another young lady in our church. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was so good. Like, it lit her up. You know, we stayed in our car. She kind of stood six feet away from our car. We took a picture together. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love that creativity and that imagination that we don't not, we, this isn't a time for us not to celebrate, you right. know, like we yeah. can still celebrate, you know? And um, so I love it. Yeah. Now we, we've had the sprinkler out. We've, you know, done the water, the water gun fights, all the, all the fun stuff. We've played um, music real loud and sang the, I'm not proud of this one. He knows Hamilton probably more than he should um, with the cuss words on it. Um, so, so there's that. Um, but yeah, just celebrate and be creative and figure yeah. out some fun things that you can do. Origami was another thing. Yeah. Learned how to do that. So fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys uh, been watching? We're big sports families. So we find ourselves watching like horse. We've been mm. watching the NBA guys and, and the girls play horse. We watch, we watch the NBA guys play 2K20. On, like, it's just ridiculous. One, one Sunday I got home and Marcus is watching the NASCAR guys are in their simulators at home playing the video game against each other. I'm like, what yep. is happening? Cool. It, right. And, I mean, but that's – we just got to live in the moment. You know, we can be like, oh, man, that's stupid. 
or we can just live in the moment. It just is what it is. This is the the new reality. We're watching guys play video games. That's our sports right now. I'm waiting for them to start selling tickets to that because you know they shut down <laughs> the real race. It's way cheaper to play the video game than to have a two million dollar race car. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and and we talked about this on the show. I'm I love those. Um, the the marble races and the marble Olympics. Yes. Like, I can't get enough of that. Like I could just rewatch that over and over. Dude, that's that that guy is amazing. The drama, right? Yes, yes. So yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. It, speaking of, let me get your take on this. Uh, the uh, the G League for college basketball offering players five fifty five hundred thousand dollars to go to a G League instead of foregoing or for, to forego college and play in their like little G league. What are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, I think people downplay how competitive college basketball is and how much it shapes these kids. Um, and I don't think you can, I mean, there's no way you can recreate Rupp arena. There's no way that you can recreate Cameron. You know, there's no way you can recreate, um, Duke versus Chapel Hill. Like, yes, you, there you, is. You five hundred thousand dollars. Sure. What's five hundred thousand dollars? And twelve months from now, you're making thirteen million. I mean, yes, you can get hurt, all those things. But basketball isn't like a running back and fan base isn't the same. You're not getting that kind of energy from yeah. the people in the. And building. I don't. I don't think you're getting the. I don't think that you're getting the life skills. I don't think you're getting the. Like, I just. I don't. I think people are downplaying what college basketball is and how important it is. In my opinion, if it were up to me, every student athlete would have to go to college for two years in every sport. And you'd have to get your associate's degree in business. That, that, was, that is mandatory. So that when you go to the next level, you have a baseline of how do I take care of my money and take care of this business that I'm now in charge of. So that would be two years minimum so that you can get your associates and then you can decide after that. If you want to continue playing, you play and you can go on and get your bachelor's. If you don't, then you can go on to the next level. And I think they should make that across the board in every sport, baseball, football, basketball, two years, and then you can make your decision. Well, um, if you do that, then everybody's going to go to the G league. I would say then the NBA and the NCAA should work together. And the NCAA is not only the G league in sports, but it's the G league in business. So you're actually teaching the guys and preparing them for what is to come. And the ladies, you know, with the WNBA, same thing. Like, um, so they should work together in order to prepare these student athletes for the next level. And the preparation is not just in sports. The preparation is, can you take care of your money? Can you pay your bills? Can you, do you know how to hire people to take care of your stuff? Sure. Um, we're, not, we're not preparing them for all that. No. I, not, I thought I saw where a statistic, statistic is one-third of all NBA players are paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So um, yeah. It's, it's crazy. But dude, I, I think the G League is going to destroy college basketball. Uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna take some of the the top recruits because they're gonna want their money now. They know it's a guarantee into a league, um, and they're just gonna forego it and just go straight in from high school. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I 
I, I agree mean, with you. I agree on all of those points about college basketball. But I think that the in, at the end of the day, they're going to say, I've got to go to school and I'm not going to be able to earn money. You know, my yeah. background is I, you know, my mom's struggling just to pay, you know, put food on the table. My sister doesn't have clothes, what have you. And they're just going to take the 500K and go. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I know there's a lot of kids that come from poverty um, playing sports. But these kids, if you're going to make it, especially in the NBA, if you're the top 50 players, you're playing AAU from the mm-hmm. time that you're 12. Sure. And you're traveling all over the country. I mean, it's not, I, I don't know where that money is coming from. Shoe deals. But, the, yeah, but they're not hurting. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not missing meals. They're literally, I mean, if you'll watch the shows on Netflix about the football players, from mm-hmm. the time they're freshmen, they're playing all over the country. Yeah. You know, I, they're traveling in planes. They're, they're staying in awesome hotels. So, um, and most of these guys, the top 50, they're not just coming from high school. I mean, even Wendell Moore, who came from Cox Mill High School right here in Concord, um, played AAU. So he played mm-hmm. with all of these guys. Now, he played at Cox Mill, but he played, you know, with all these dudes in the AAU system. So um, I just don't know. I I don't know if money is enough. I I think it's, I think it's more than that. I think for some guys money is the, is the end game, but Mm. for the top, top 10 guys, like, I mean, I mean money, like in a year, I'm going to have all the money I want. Yeah. So I don't don't know if kids like, again, I go back to hot pockets nine. So, that, but I, you know, like it's hard to see past tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think this G league is going to mess it up. I think it's not going to be good for college basketball. And I think, I mean, who's going to want, want to watch the, the main red claws, you know, nobody's going to watch that. Like, you know, but it's, and it's not going to, the main red claws aren't going to look out for that player. They're going to look at, yeah how they can make the most money, who can, who's playing the best. They're not going to try to develop these other kids. Well, yeah. I think you're right on, on college. They develop them. They want what's best for the kid. They want it. They'll teach them. I know at least at Kentucky, they do finances. They do like, you know, out in the community stuff. They try to at least instill some of that, um, yeah. giving them like, a, you know, handlers and stuff. They can teach them. How to. You so, know, like take, take somebody like Zion, for instance, when he mm-hmm. came, when he came to Duke, he wasn't the top prospect. Um, if he would have went straight to the D League, now they probably would have started to hear about him, but nobody would have watched him play. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas last year, Duke was the most watched basketball team in college yeah. basketball. Zion Williamson became Zion Williamson because he was on the main stage. Like it, and he could have gone to Duke. He could have went to Kentucky. He could have went to Kansas, and the same thing would have happened. Mm-hmm. But he was playing at a top level where he was on TV two nights a week. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're not going to get that at the G League. So, sure. you, I mean, I, I would say a lot of careers will go to not because you don't. I mean, if you're not the top notch, like, dude, how many guys have been drafted? And you, I've been watching these McDonald games, mm-hmm. McDonald All-American games. I'm like, where's that guy? And yeah. he got drafted in the first round, you know, 18th overall, played in the league for two years and is now like 
in Iran somewhere playing. Right. You know, and he was a top top twenty five player coming out of high school. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know, man. I I I don't know if it's good for good for the kids, but it's all about money. You're right. It's just sure. making cash. That's yeah. all. That's which sucks. Yeah, and we're not kid ourselves. Cause in, and Justin, you're a Duke fan. I'm a Kentucky fan. But I mean, we're not going to kid ourselves. I mean, Zion made Duke money. You know. Oh and, yeah. You know. Anthony Davis makes Kentucky money. Like they're making those colleges money. Um, yep. So it's not just, you know, all the poor little colleges. I mean, they're getting their money. No doubt. I wish college basketball, college football would pay players something like, yeah, you know, I mean, even if they paid them, if they paid them 50 grand a year, I mean, you get everything for free. Anyways, you're eating for free you're traveling for free. You, your room and boards for free, so you're just stockpiling fifty grand. Mm-hmm. The NCAA has so much money they don't even know what to do with it. Yeah, they could give each kid fifty grand, every student athlete fifty grand in every sport, and it still wouldn't even put a dent in the amount of money they make. Yeah, you know, sure. so we could just end the conversation with, "Hey, just pay the players and be done with it." You know, right? Let, let's just do it. So, or or listen to the show and get big in stock tip of the week. So there's that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but uh, Brandon has been gone for the past hour. So uh, we're going to wrap <laughs> wrap up. The yeah, show. his uh, computer died. Yeah, so. conveniently, his computer died. Yeah. Um, so we are going to wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Um, check us out: iTunes, um, Stitcher, Apple, uh, um, the Apple, still iTunes Store. I'm assuming. Yes, iTunes, iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, okay. Spotify. We're on. We're on all the places where you get podcasts. If, if you don't I'm know, pretty sure now you know. Yes. Um, so we appreciate you guys tuning in. If you want to support the show, check us out at patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. If you have any uh, show ideas or any feedback you want to give to us, please uh, shoot us uh, email at sfpradio at gmail And again, please like and subscribe. And uh, share your favorite episodes. We would appreciate that. And thanks to Magic Man for uh, YouTube Live. Next week, we're going to try Facebook Live. So you get to see our beautiful mugs again. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, keep looking up.